Hey gang, welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio, starring me, Bones, the weightlifter, Doco, and Maka. Um, Shrek, I think he got a new nickname today, we'll call him Shrek, because he's just a, he's a big man. He's not necessarily green, but he's, he's big. Um, guys, we have a real treat for you today. We interviewed and sat down with none other than Mitchell Cinnamon, or Mitchie Cinnamon. Um, really good dude, just qualified for the CrossFit Games as an individual, so he went last year at the Games. Um, in the teams with Schwartz, and now uh, now he's an individual. So it was really, really cool. Um, super cool bloke, super humble dude. Um, we spoke to him about his, uh, his nutrition, what he loves to do in his downtime, how his training is now in the lead-up to the games, and uh, some other weird shit that uh, the good, the bad, and the science um, rolled into um, eventually. So it was really good, really enjoyed it. Short, sharp podcast, guys. You'll love it. As always, guys, we are... Uh, we are... <laughs> we are sponsored by Audible. So jump onto audible.com, guys, forward slash, uh, don't put guys in there, obviously, but forward slash ADVF Radio. You guys will get um, a free credit there. I've been listening to um, seven effective things that successful people do. Um, really good. Download, download straight to your iTunes and, um, you can just listen to it. I listen to it in the car and, uh, I think I'm doing three of the seven successful things now. Definitely not waking up at, uh, three in the afternoon anymore, which is good. Um, so I've eliminated one and, uh, and just some other things there, guys. So that's my example of a book. I know, I know Bill's being on Audible and, uh, Macker is as well. We we love the, uh, what they're doing there. So just remember guys, audible.com. Don't check in the AU forward slash ADVF radio. We are also sponsored, to, oh, Jesus Christ. We are, we are also brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel, our, uh, our big mother company. Uh, we released Philippines a couple of weeks ago. Let's, uh, let's get to the Philippines. You'll uh, be doing some weightlifting with old mate Dim Clock or uh, Spud, Spud Clock, Dimitri Clockoff. That'll be good. It's, uh, it's a short and sharp trip, guys. Um, plenty of stuff coming up there. Jump onto adventurefittravel.com. You'll have all the stuff there, as well as the show notes um, from Adventure Fit Radio. Also, gang, um, I'm going to mention this in the outro, but please make sure you subscribe. Uh, that way you can always stay up to date with what myself and uh, Macca and Bill are up to, as well as anything Adventure Fit. Alrighty, gang, without further ado, welcome aboard, Mitch Cinnamon. Now, before we do this... Let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? Come with me if you want to live. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty, here we are, guys, Adventure Radio, sitting with Mitch Cinnamon, recent uh, qualifier for the CrossFit Games. I've got Mac with me. G'day. And Tommy, as always. Uh-huh. And uh, Tommy's going to start us off with. An ode to Mitch. Very good. 
Alrighty, welcome aboard, mate. I've um, been listening to a lot of Pearl Jam recently, so this song is uh, one of my favourites. They call it Jeremy. I'm going to call it Mitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Start drumming, mate. <laughs> At home on Mitch's Insta, geez, he can squat. It was turning me on. Ooh, but that really ain't the half of it. He can lift a thousand kegs. Just goes to show what dedication can do. And if I stop stiff and glue, maybe I can make it too. Myself and Mac and the weightlifter. We want to congratulate you for making it to the CrossFit Games. I'll make sure that I drink a celebratory beer. There you go, mate. Short <laughs> shut up. Cheers, man. That was nice. Thanks. <laughs> Good work, Tommy. Alrighty. Mitch, welcome to the show, man. Oh, g'day. G'day. Um, so, you uh, recently qualified for the CrossFit Games. How did, um, how did that feel, mate? Oh, yeah. It was pretty good. Wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. It was a bit, of a bit of a shock when they called out my name. Fuck, probably one of the better feelings I've ever had. Mm, for sure. So, where did it all start? How long have you been CrossFitting for and how long have you been uh, competing at the higher, you know, higher level and... Yeah, where to, where to begin? So, got into CrossFit 2011. Yep. Yeah, so I know I got introduced to it when I was in the Navy and then um, with a few mates and then sort of just kept at it, did my level one. Uh, then, yeah, just started competing over in WA. Yep. Uh, started working for a CrossFit box over there called The Cell, which was really good and they sort of took me under their wing. And yeah, just entered a few comps and then moved back to Melbourne. Um, and yeah, just, just kept entering uh, local comps. Keep trying to do better and better, and then yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. So, um, so you qualified uh, a week ago or whatever it was the uh, the Australian region. So you were telling me earlier before the show that you you got into the top five early and you, and you were there throughout the whole the whole uh, um, time the whole weekend, but it got pretty close towards the end. So oh. <laughs> tell us tell us how it all how it all went down and how close you were to not making it. Yeah, fuck, shit almost got real. Uh, <laughs> I was in, uh, so I expected to do well at the first workout. I practiced it three times. I'd hit it, um, completed it three times in training, so the snatch one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was feeling pretty confident for that. So I wanted to sort of go out with at least a top five score. And then um, I thought I could take it out. And then Swanee sort of snuck me at the end there. But um, no, it was a good good event. And then, yeah, I wasn't... Um, I don't know, I thought I'd do quite well at the day one and then come day two, I wasn't overly confident with those ones but then just seemed to stay in the top five and I was pretty happy with that. Just kept um, chipping away, kept with a top five score for most workouts and then got up to the last workout and I was sitting second mm-hmm. and all I had to do was just sort of stay in front of Rob, I'm pretty sure, and I would have stayed second. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, a couple of no reps and almost cost me qualifying. Yeah. So two seconds slower and I would have made it. So almost <laughs> threw seconds. that one away. Yeah, yeah. wow. Fuck, yeah. That was close. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I went in there. I was pretty confident out the back as well. And I'm like, fuck, this is a good workout for me. I just got just mm. to hit it hard, execute, and I can do quite well at this. Um, what was the structure of the workout? What was the, the final workout? I can't remember. Yeah, so it was um, 21, 15, 9 thrusters um, with three legless rope climbs, two legless rope climbs, and one legless rope climb. Yep. Um, 
yeah, so went out there. The pace was like Porter was always going to win that, mate. He pretty much did the whole workout at the back. Yep. And he was fucking, he was hungry for it. He looked it pretty too. pumped at the start, didn't he? Mate, he was on. He was amped up. Well, yeah. he, he needed to win that to qualify. Yeah. So he was in six, I'm pretty sure. And um, yeah, he pretty much did the whole workout at the back, him and Tommy as well. And then uh, when he went out yeah. there, man, he was just ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Mm, and sure. so he took off, mate. He sprinted to the bar and then they're like, all right, just, and I had Rob on my right. And I'm like, all right, just stay in front of Rob. I'll do your best too. And then, um, yeah, got that no rep. And I'm like, oh, I what didn't did you really... get no rep for? Oh, uh, I think I clamped my legs too early. So the rules were like, you had to hit the beam. Um, and then you had to grab the rope and then clamp your legs. And I think I clamped my legs before I grabbed the rope. Like, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So I'm two like, hands on the rope, two feet on the rope, and then that's your rep. Yeah. Yep. And so I came down and I'm like, oh, what was that for? Oh, she's like, no rep. I'm like, oh, what for? She's like, no rep. I'm like, oh, shit. So just straight back straight up. Back in, yeah. And I think I got a second no rep. And mm. then, so that sort of put me in a little bit of a, little bit of a fight. Mm. And I'm just like, just get it done. And in my head, it, like it was just like, just push through, just get it done. I was, I was pretty fucked at that point. Wait, mm. Did you, did you panic? Did you think, oh, oh I'm in trouble here? Or I don't know. Like I was, I was pretty confident. Um, I heard the announcer say that I had to come top nine to qualify okay. to be safe. Okay. And then um, I had a look, right, and and I was onto my last rope one, and everyone was at the end. My whole heat was at the end, <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, that's. Why uh, <laughs> did the judge just didn't like it? Uh, <laughs> didn't like your tats or something probably mate yeah <laughs> out to get me unfortunate yeah. just let's build him up and break him yeah that's right yeah <laughs> and uh yeah so I ran to the end and I was I remember looking after my mate and I'm like fuck I don't think I've done enough they're like oh I don't think you have either and I was shaking the head at me like oh shit <laughs> what what did you feel when you crossed the line I was pretty cooked but um I don't know man like I was a bit stressed yeah like like I was saying, I was feeling, I was stoked out the back before that event. I was feeling really confident, a bit nervous because I wanted to execute it quite well and I wanted to finish high. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, after that, man, I'm like, oh, I've just, I've just fucked it. <laughs> so, how much time between when you, um, when you fucked it? Yeah. <laughs> now, yes. at the end of the, when you've gone Excuse through the bitch. through the line, and that's what's gone through your mind. How long until they, like, you actually find out the results of whether you made it or not? Like, it's five minutes, two minutes, sixty seconds. Well, that's the thing. Um, they changed the around this year. So I think it was last year they would have um, the uh, girls go, then the guys go, then they have the top girl heat, then the top guy heat. Yeah. This time they had all the girl heats, uh, uh, female heats go, and then they had all the male heats go. Yep. Um, and so pretty much we'd finished, and it was like two minutes later, and they announced it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was straight away, and I just um, yeah, when they announced my name, I just it was a bit of a shock. Yeah. And yeah, that that was that was an awesome feeling, mm-hmm. massive relief. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. So. What's next now then? So you've qualified. Now you've got um, now you've got how long till the game? So what is that? Eight week? Seven eight weeks week? now. Seven a bit, yeah. Seven weeks. So what is the next seven weeks of training, post regionals to qualify for the games? I mean to perform at the games look like you're doing more odd training and, and trying to get some swimming in and stuff, or or you stay, stick in a pretty regular. <laughs> so like I jumped <laughs> jumped in the pool for the first time the other day in a. Maybe since the games last year. Yep. So that's that was pretty good. That felt a lot harder than I thought it was going to feel. So <laughs> <laughs> it's nowhere near as hard as the ocean out in uh, the middle of. Um... Yeah, but I'm hoping all that salt just keeps me afloat. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty just buoyant tank. Uh, not too bad. So um, yeah, no, I'll get in the pool maybe once a week. I won't put too much emphasis on swimming just because it's one event. Yep. Um, I'll keep pretty much just doing focus on weightlifting, focus on all my sort of crossfitty stuff. I've got um I've been working I'm going to be working with Yami a little bit more closer now. Yep. So um, that's um that's Yami Tikkanen, is it is yeah. it? Yeah. So that's the he's the training plan coach and coach of um long time coach of Annie Thorstotter and a lot of the European um guns for our listeners that might not know Yami. Yeah, he's got a massive weekend this weekend. 
Mm, so with our yeah, it's gonna be crazy to watch. I'm calling most of the records getting broken. Really? Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Maybe not Kara's snatch one, but pretty much everything else. Yeah, they also get the um, massive advantage of going as the last region and seeing who stuffed up what on the first and oh, second region. And couldn't think of anything worse. What like, really? Than going, oh. You think it's better to go first or second? Mate, I felt ready for regionals two weeks before regionals. If yeah. I had to wait mm. until now, I, yeah. I would be I wouldn't, so I wouldn't cool. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Mentally hanging on that little bit longer, I think would be draining, but I seriously think they get a, a decent advantage seeing who fucked up what in the previous workouts and mistakes. You know, like you said, yeah, like like, yeah, but, but you're only competing against your region. So like if your first region up first weekend... No one's made any mistakes and you're only competing against them. Oh, I'm just talking about for like the record. But you're so. saying, yeah. Oh, so that, that, the, the competitors have the same advantage. You're right. But I mean like... How to best approach the ward and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but like yeah. breaking the records Break, yeah. in the third week, even if they're not probably as good of an athlete, might happen. It's a great region. It probably would happen anyway. Yeah. But I think it might happen a little bit more because they get the added advantage of seeing two regions of, you know... Test the workouts a few more times. Success and failures and mm. what works in that workout, I reckon. Especially with the judging this year. Like it will be... So they've had a bit of practice and they'll be able to know where you're going to get no rep and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, exactly. It'll, um, I don't know, it'll, it'll be a crazy region. Mm. But still, man, I was that stoked that we had first region this year. Mm. So what's your, um, you were talking about um, just before the show with me and Mac about um, your programming and how much training you're actually doing. So what's it going to look like in the next, like, I mean, like day to day, what's it going to look like, how, how much training you're actually going to be doing? You were saying it's shortened a lot from the way you used to be training. Yeah, I've... I reckon I do maybe hour and a half, two hours max a day. Yeah. Um, in one session or two? Uh, I break it up in two sessions. So I'll do like, say, a 45-minute session, uh, minute session in the morning and then I'll train again in the other. I rarely ever do three times a day and yep. if I can, I'll do the occasional just one a day. Yep. And I found that's really good for my recovery. So I put a massive emphasis on my recovery. So still, I'm still trying to treat it as I'm training as like a normal working day. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not training, the rest of the time I'm spent actively recovering so like i'll mobilize i'll get on a bike just i'll move around um yeah i'll just do something i'll jump in the sauna have a float all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff what uh, does a typical day look like so you say you have a 45 minute is that just strength and you come back and do a strength and metcon or you do everything in both sessions or i usually split it up like so for example today um i went in the morning and we did our 40 minute emom yeah and it was pretty it was a pretty good one um and so I had a couple of lads come down and do that with me and then I'll go back in the RV. I'm just going to do a little bit of weightlifting. And so I'll really try to separate it. So I'll squat in the RV and I'll do a little bit of snatching. And yeah, that'll be me for the day. Mm. What does your email right. look like? Uh, what was this morning? Um, so minute one was five chest to bar, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. Minute two was five clean and jerk at 60. Minute three was one rope climb, four handstand push-ups. Uh, deficit. Minute four was five snatches at 60. Minute five was 15 Kelly add-on. So yeah, it's just right. eight rounds of that. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, wow. it wasn't too bad. Like you, 30 seconds of work, 30 seconds of rest. So, and you're pretty confident that that's your best approach now because I think um, when I stopped um, crossfitting, which was a couple of years ago now. What do you I do was, now? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so when I started, when I started weightlifting. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but I got just looked at the amount of training that people were doing. Like the, it, you went from, you know, Everyone that was a good crossfitter was doing one session a day just in their gym, like a regular, sorry, a class, I should say. And then it became like, okay, there would be a couple of extra strength elements in somebody's programming before the class and they'll do the class. Then it was like doing your own programming, tailing your own programming. It grew, grew out to like Schwartz's programming, like you guys have both been under it, like six hours a day. And 
uh, I just got to the point where for me, I was like, right, I'm not going to put that much time into my day into CrossFit. I don't, I don't want to, you know. But now, I think it's great that it seems like, so you're getting your best results from two hours of work a day. Yeah. Um, and even so, I reckon there's um, certain times during the program throughout the year, like um, if you sort of periodize it correctly, where you should do like really high volume and you should do less volume and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So, and I also think that was pretty good. Like I, I'm glad I did a lot of volume back in the day because I think it actually conditioned me now for now. Yep. I don't break down so easily. I recover quite well now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I'm saying, just different phases. Mm. But I found this to work really well for me and I'm not stressed out. If I miss something, like I rarely ever miss um, parts of the session. I'm not waking up sore and broken. Yep. I'm feeling fresh and I can hit everything with intensity. Yeah. And that's a big one as well. Like, um, yeah, just when I hit sessions, I go as hard as I can. Quality over quantity. Yeah, massively. That's cool, man. So yeah. it's, it's funny that you break up a two-hour session. That that surprises me, but that's just so day-to-day. Yeah. Do you have a, a session, a ton of food? You, do you do like a sauna or, or a float? Or do you have a do you have a snooze? You get a, you get yeah, a man, I'll give you. Like, so I'll you? give you my typical day. Um, so I'll wake up usually at five a.m. every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I just just I like getting up early. Yep. Um, I'll normally go down to the gym. I'll if I'm not coaching in the morning, um, I'll go down there and just get moving. I'll have breakfast. Um, yeah, I'll mobilize for a bit. I'll do my first session about nine a.m. Uh, I'll knock that out the way, and then I'll have some post shake, and then I'll jump in the sauna for about twenty minutes. Um, if I don't do it in the morning, I'll do it at the end of the day. Yep. Um, then I'll just chill out for a bit, read, do some work, whatever I've got to do. If I've got to coach a lunchtime class, I'll do that. Uh, then I'll do my second session around two or three. Um, have some more food, have a float. Um, wow. And then, yeah. And then so float and sauna in the same day. Generally, if yeah. Yep. Uh, if I can. Uh, I try to float at least twice a week. Yep. Uh, minimum. Yep. Uh, at the moment, I've been jumping in three times a week. And it's been awesome, man. I used to I never used to like it. I couldn't switch off properly, but now mm. I find I can just fall asleep straight mm. away. Yeah, I can't switch off in them, and I don't particularly like to. How many switch. times have you had uh, been in one though? Um, twelve, thirteen. Oh right, I okay. go every week. That's yeah. enough to. Yeah. Oh, dear. oh no, well I try and go every week. Right. There's one. There's one just open up. Just to, I used to go to Tally Health all the time. Mm. One opened up just around the corner. Probably fifteen, I reckon. Right. I try. I try and do. For me, I try and go um, see Jill, so osteo once a week on a Thursday, and I try and do a sauna on a Sunday or. Uh, sorry, float on a Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you mentioned before um, saunas. Sorry to cut you off, man. Yeah, um, man. Have you had much go with the infrared saunas? Yeah, that's that what, what I use. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yep. so where I'm at at the moment down at Telehealth, they've got an infrared sauna. Yep. So good, mate. Like, so is it better than the other the other types? Right? Uh, dry heat versus wet heat. Like, I don't really like wet heat. Yep. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I don't really know 100% the science behind it, but sure. I just find it works for me. Yeah, and I was just interested because yeah. um, me and another coach at, um, at Richmond, we always had this debate about which is better. Yeah. And um, we're both just, you know, throwing shit tons of science at each other. We both have no idea what that meant. Yeah. Pseudoscience. Yeah. Pseudoscience. <laughs> well, I don't have any bro idea. Science. Yeah, bro, bro science. science. Yeah, bro science. When it comes to training, it's bro science. It's always bro science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to give infrared saunas a crack. Apparently, they're amazing. Man. Yeah, I better go. Dude, infrared. it's sick. Yeah. My mum's uh, friend uh, has one in her backyard um, on the peninsula and just like, it's like really cheap. Who's your mum's friend? Um, you don't know him, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, How is she? But, um, but uh, yeah, they're good. I like them. So, yep. so you get that in, in the one day. That's pretty incredible. So I've sort of, plan- the way I plan my day is I try to sort of treat it like a full-time athlete. Yep. And mm. uh, if I've got the hours, I've got to use them for something. For sure. Like treat it like a normal work day. Yep. And yeah, so that's sort of work. good approach. What do you do at night to switch off? Read, man. I play PlayStation a fair bit, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then normally read. I've been working with one of the guys from GW Performance, um, Lee Gant, and he's sort of been helping me with a lot of 
uh, just like breathing exercises, yeah. mentality work, all that really? kind of stuff. Have and you heard that of, was uh, Wim Hof. Yeah. You, do you do that? So Yami got me onto that as well. Yeah. And that was started. really good. And just yeah. box breathing and just keeps you nice and relaxed. Yeah. Did you did you buy the program, Mac, or you got the app? Uh, no, I didn't buy the program, but I've got the program. Oh, cool. Yeah, 10 weeks. Was, yes, because yeah, yeah. I was looking into it with um, Dan Katz and Zach. Um, or Dan. Dan hit me up to, to split it to look in. Wim Hof's coming to Australia in September, actually. Oh, is he? Yeah. Fuck, so what do you do? Like, what do your breathing exercises consist of? And what, like, explain a little bit about, I know mm. you might not, if you don't know the science, like why do you feel they? Um, so I'll do maybe about 10 minutes of box breathing. So four seconds in, four second hold, four second out, four second hold. And just sort of, and your mind just wanders constantly and you keep trying to sort of switch off, but it takes a while. Mm-hmm. And eventually I'll get into a bit of a rhythm. Mm. And even like four seconds in, four seconds hold and stuff like that. I find it hard for the first couple of minutes and then I sort of start to open up a little bit more. Um, and are I'll you do looking that. at a clock for no, this no, or just, are you counting in I'll your I'll have head. a timer on my phone. Yeah, um, okay. So you're, yeah. Yeah, so like I'll just wait for the alarm to go off. Um, otherwise, occasionally I'll look at a clock. But um, if I find if I look at a clock, I just want to stop too early. Yeah. So I need to sort of, I keep focusing on the time instead of actually what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I found that really good. So I'll do that before, say regionals, for example. I was down at the beach every morning. Um, which was really good because we didn't have to do the events at the Arvo. Mm-hmm. So I'd go down there, um, sit with the lads or sit by myself for a bit and just focus on my breathing. And that just kept me calm for the day. Yeah, that's great. I that's felt good. really good, man. Because like everyone, like you get anxious, you get stressed. Yeah. Just daily stress and yeah, stuff like definitely. that. But all sport is such a mental <clears throat> game. Yeah, like massive. Any sport you pick, if you mentally think that you're not going to do well or you're stressed and you're worried about your opponent's stuff, then you're fucked. You've already mm. kind of lost it. We've all heard the footy sayings that are the same and I feel like mindfulness and not spirituality but mindfulness and meditative you know practices for athletes is way you know way I mean, more underrated uh, underrated people more should, important than the people everyday should person. be doing it a lot more uh, yeah, yeah. What, I'm, what I'm saying is more in vogue if that's the right way to put it it's people are starting to see the benefits oh, yeah, and yeah. use them you know yep. like you never yep. would have heard anyone say that about any sport. Oh, well, you would, but like... Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Compared to like all four of us sitting in this room at mm. some point for some sort of sport or for some sort of benefit have used breathing or mindfulness or whatever. Oh, I think it's it's been a massive help for my training. Because mm. uh, you've got to look at like the top athletes. They're all pretty similar physically. Yeah. And it's just their mentality that takes over. Like um, if you can clear your head, mm. it makes a big difference. The more relaxed you are, the better you're going to perform. 100%. The more like when you're out there and stuff and you make a mistake and you will make a mistake, um, you have mental clarity sort of just move on from it, mm. deal with it, move on. And yeah. Do you find that it translates well into everyday life? So life outside the, the CrossFit realm as well? Uh, my life's pretty relaxed, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. yeah. yeah. I live a chilled out lifestyle, so <laughs> yeah. that's not too bad. Yeah, do you yeah. do those breathing exercises before workouts as well? Yeah. So I'll do like if I've got a big session and it's something that's going to be hard, I'll sit down for a few minutes and just breathe. Yeah. Um, when I float, I do it. Because it just the passes box time. Breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and before I go to bed. So mostly I'll do it at least once a day. Yeah. But if I'm real stressed out at night, um, I will do a fair bit of breathing exercises. And then I just sort of read on my Kindle and fall asleep. Sick. So yep. when you say box breathing, box box breathing is basically a chunk of breathing in, a chunk of hold, a chunk of time holding, a chunk yeah. of time Yeah. Four seconds in, four yep. second hold, four second out, four second hold. Okay. And just keep just cycling through that. And how long do you do that for in a session? Like 10? Yeah, about 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible what it can do in five, 10 minutes. Butterfly, hey. what you put me on to, Tommy, mm. most of them, because I'm always in a, in a hurry or in a rush, five-minute meditations. Do it in the car, man. Yeah, and but five minutes. See, I, ne- I feel like I need to close my eyes. Yeah. So 
don't do it in a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just feel like for me, it just works. You know, they say that that better. breathing um, method, the Wim Hof method, uh, neutralizes your pH levels. Yeah. So when you're, when you're talking about working out as well, it's also a lactic acid buffer. Really? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Fuck, that's interesting. So uh, and uh, I listen to I've listened to countless podcasts of him, and, and now I've got his program as well. And so he's he talks about uh, just when your body goes into your into different types of stress when you have a neutral ph level you deal with it a hell of a lot easier mm. wow see I, I listen to i've listened to a bunch of his podcasts as well and most of it i'm like this is so fucking interesting <laughs> straight up yeah that's cool so that's sick so so you've started implementing that in the last kind of 12 months or something is it or yeah, I tried to do it a little bit before, and I got one of those things like a little device called an M Wave Two. Yep. And it just it's uh, heart math. Is that on Optimus.com? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I got it from. That's a sleeping. Uh, it helps with sleeping. Yeah, like it's just um, it's just a stress relief thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, you chuck your thumb on it, and it, you just want to get coherent, so it will um, start out red, and then once you keep breathing, get yourself relaxed, and try to get everything in sync, it will eventually go green, mm-hmm. and then you want to stay in that green zone for as long as you can. You get scored on how long you're in the green zone. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's just like technology. And blah, when, blah, blah. when did you do? At what time of the day would you do that? Uh, morning, always in the morning, start my day. First thing. Yeah, so wake up and I sort of just gets me going for the whole day. Is that a form of say meditation or or yeah, breathing, meditation, switching off? Yeah, so yeah, I guess so. So an M wave too. You just get out. It was really good, man. But then I found, to be honest, I didn't use it as much as I probably should. Like I started just getting off it. Yeah. Um, and then I was just doing just normal breathing exercises and I found that just to be just as good mm. for me at least mm. uh, but everyone's different mm. yeah it's yeah, any definitely. tool you can use to kind of clear your mind basically but I think that helped me to transition because I actually like I tried to try. I've tried meditation for years and I just never really got into it yep. and now I don't now I quite enjoy it yep cool that's yep. good so you're talking about little like everyone at the regionals is on the same level everyone's fantastic athletes you got any other things that you've tried to implement in your game to try and put you you know a, a step above or even comes uh, probably training partner yeah yeah so that's probably been the one of the biggest changes i've made like um so i trained with kyle frankenfeld and he's an absolute weapon mate like i'll never heard of him <laughs> <laughs> up and comer you know <laughs> yeah, he's a freak man like um in training and stuff like that um him and his brother and kieran comes down occasionally as well yep um so his brother chase um yeah so we get together when we can and yeah, we'll just throw it down and it's always good, man, because it's always pretty close, but Kyle would normally take it. He just pushes so hard. And so, like I was saying about before with the intensity thing, so we go in there and we're, we're getting like a quality hour out mm. and we're getting a quality session out, so it's really good. Yep. So he's kind of training the same. He's, he's doing like a, an hour or two a day or... Yeah, yeah. Up and into- then, like he's big one as well. Like he, he's pretty outdoorsy, so he loves to um, get out and go different things. Like he'll go play golf, he'll go shoot archery and stuff yep. like that. He'll go diving. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, like still part of training as long as you're moving yep keeps you uh, mentally fresh cool and, and was this put on to you through your coach Yami like, as in uh, going out and doing like getting away from the gym like uh, for uh, instance two years ago I can probably say for myself you know active rest days was in the gym oh wasn't it mate like yeah. five hours of rowing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was if you were under bench sports with us <laughs> which is good I yeah. still reckon <laughs> Like, if it wasn't for, I wouldn't, like, I consider myself fairly mentally switched on and uh, I'd give that to Schwartz. Mm. Like, he, he creates mentally tough athletes. Yeah. Because um, you can handle anything thrown at you. 
But um, like now it's like on my rest days, I want to try to get outside and actually do things. Yeah. Do um, things, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really good. And I, I, I don't know if it was... It was more, not directly from Yami, but he promotes it. But mm-hmm. um, just just everyone, like you look at all the top athletes, man. They're always doing stuff. Look at Froning, man. Like he's he's just got all these toys that he gets to play with. Mm-hmm. Stuff he's always constantly always shooting. They're always riding. Mm. It's a balance, good. isn't it? So, um, what type of reading do you like? Like, what do you what do you get into? Oh, mate, fucking big fan of Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, so I've just I haven't read it before, and I've only just finished it. It's really good. Which um, book you ready? So I just finished the seventh one. Oh yeah. Um, I haven't watched the TV shows for that reason because I because I watched the first three um, shows, uh, yeah. movies, the TV yeah. shows, <laughs> the movies, and um, I heard that the books were just that you know that step above. So I've held pretty off good, mate. They are good. Can. So you know, you know what happens to Dumbledore? Oh yeah, it's not it's not the nicest thing of things to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, it had yeah, to be done. You, uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Have yeah. you tried the uh, Audible or audio book? <laughs> no, I haven't done audio books yet, mate. <laughs> Plug, ching ching. Audio, uh, yeah. Audible's um, Audible's filth mate I put it on in my car and um, and when I'm because I do some tradie work from time to time Yep. so I listen to um, I've got a business coach now who gave me a book to read over the two week period between this, our sessions yep. and um, I plugged it in while I was helping my dad doing a little bit of tradie work and I knocked it off in a day really? and the day just went like that do you take it in though? yeah yeah you don't take so I've started to um, I've started to make notes in books that I'm reading now yep. like sticky notes and stuff highlight stuff to try and take more in Yep. So I genuinely think it's probably like taking notes in a book, I'll take the most in. Reading a book, I'll probably take the next most amount in and then listening to it, maybe I'll you know take a little less in. But even so, when I'm reading a book, if I'm not so 100% into it, I'll read a paragraph and a half and I'll go, what the fuck did I just read? <laughs> I'll either go back and read it or I'll probably go, nah, That's I'll just keep reading. You know you throw just it the bin. So I've got, um, like for myself, like during the day, I'll um, read to learn. Yeah. So I'm going to read something educational, read something that's going to sort of help me develop. Yep. Um, from maybe like um, to help with my coaching, to help um, f- um, with my own performance. Yep. Of a nighttime man, I can't do that. I've got to read something that's going to keep me switched off. Like yeah. Harry Potter, don't have to pay attention. Yeah. Can switch mm. off, fall asleep straight away. Um, Game of Thrones, stuff like that. Just yeah. books that I love fantasy style things like Big fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Big fan of Star Wars. I'm the, uh, I'm the same, man. I try and I, and I take the audio books in for the stuff that I, I won't pick up and read. Yeah. So, for example, like this business book that I just read, because I'm not super, super excited about picking it up. It's just information that I want to get into my brain. Mm. I'll use an audio book to, to do that. Or, I'm the same, I'll read it during the day and I try and read fiction at night, something that'll, you know, entertain me. Um, have you read A Song of Ice and Fire then? You've read all the Game of Thrones? Uh, no, no, I haven't. No. Yep. I sort of, I'm chipping away at them. Yep. yep. They're so ridiculously good. Mate, there. I found it really hard to get into at first. It's a really, lot, it's a lot. To, oh, actually, I quite liked it. It's just a lot to take in. Yeah, they're a little bit confusing to start off with, but now I'm quite into it. Yeah, I really like the way that they're they're written. So they're written with um, you can. It's a normal paragraph of like, this is what's going on. This is the the facts of what's happening in the world, and then you'll see it's written from one character's perspective every every chapter. So and then you'll see yeah. in italics what's going through the character's mind, like what they're thinking. So you actually, I reckon you can connect with the characters heaps more when you actually you're like, fuck. I, I didn't realize you'd be thinking about that thing that I saw in the TV show that way. You know, you really get to yeah. know a little bit more. Yeah, so okay. when you go to watch the TV show, do you then, when they're, the scenes come up that you remember from the book, do you actually, you're like, oh, fuck, I remember that Jon Snow's thinking that he wants to bang her. Well, like, I don't know. you know what? what? You know Melisandre, the red woman yep. in, in the show? Well, you read in the books, you know how she's like, the first at least four or five seasons, you're like, she's an evil fucking bitch. And but you know when you she's only got a couple of chapters in the book, but you read the book and you read her thoughts 
And she's 100% doing everything for the greater good, trying really? to save Westeros. Yeah. She's legitimately one of the good, the good guys. And there's only like two or three chapters of her in the whole seven books so far. But when wow. you read that, you're like, fuck, that puts a whole another spin. Yeah. To, uh, if you're a TV show, if you're a viewer from the TV show. Wait, what, uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tuned out. Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. <laughs> I tuned out. Game, we're talking hosts. about um, <laughs> a story about looking, looking out the window. The um, I'm gone. Sorry, mate. If we're not entertaining enough, um, fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but um, we're talking about um, just A Song of Ice and Fire, the Game of Thrones book and like the TV show and stuff. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'll tell you later, mate. <laughs> when anyway. you're not around. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, Tommy, have you got... Um, do you want to... Should we swing over to some... Yeah, mate. Sure. News? Now, uh, Michi, you know the way the good, the bad, the science works? Uh, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So, I've picked out um, some uh, some current events, some good stuff, some not so good stuff, and then um, some sciencey stuff. And I can't remember what I fucking did there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Chat amongst yourself, mate. <laughs> yeah. All righty. The good. An Indian man obsessed with setting Guinness World Records got 366 flags tattooed on his body and had all his teeth removed so he could put nearly 500 drinking straws and more than 50 burning candles in his, in his mouth. Ha Pakash Rishi. Uh, ha, if you're listening, mate, I hope I got your name correct. <laughs> uh, so Ha, who claims to have set more than 20 records, now calls himself Guinness Rishi. It's a good ring. Born in 1942 in a cinema hall in the capital of New Delhi, Rishi first got into the Guinness World Records in 1990 when, with two friends, he rode a scooter for a thousand hours. Now, we're what all uh, yeah, I know it's bizarre. <laughs> Just to get his name in a book, and I'm pretty, su- I'm pretty sure you don't get any sort of monetary compensation for this or anything. Oh, so, you get a plaque. Yeah. Oh, we get a plaque, massive plaque. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, heart's on point. Anyway, um, so we all know about dedication. Is this overkill or? Uh, you reckon it's a bit of overkill? Uh, if you want it, hard yeah. enough, yeah. You like it? <laughs> it's not too bad, mate. I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, yeah. it's, uh, they say it takes 10,000 hours to be a pro. He's just got 9,000 hours left. Well, to, uh, does it to take 10,000 hours to, to have all your teeth removed and chucked? <laughs> I'm talking about, ben, I'm talking about the scooter, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, for the scooter. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Bill? Uh, yeah, he's lost his marbles. Yeah, I reckon he's lost his marbles. <laughs> I don't know, man. If you've got nothing else going on, yeah. why not? <laughs> yeah, if you've got nothing else, this is my this is my well, um, you're right, I suppose. My yeah. idea. So if you're if you're a drug addict and you've got nothing else going on in your life, how good would that life be? Oh, you got drugs. Yeah, you got drugs. You got ice. It's fantastic. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's good. <laughs> I don't know. I've never drugs. <laughs> All right, the bad. Uh, now this is this is legit. Probably. The most serious topic on uh, Adventure Radio we've ever had, so uh, enjoy this one. Um, child sex offenders could be executed or chemically castrated in Indonesia under a crackdown following the brutal gang rape and murder of a 14-year-old girl. Indonesia, especially Bali, is a black spot for Australian pedophiles. In 2014, it eclipsed Thailand, the Philippines, and Malaysia to become the number one destination for Australian sex tourists. Um, now... This is, yes, like I said, this is probably one of the more serious topics we've had in the Good, the Bad, the Science. Um, I, I've, had, actually, I've actually had this debate before because um, apparently I read a while ago that pedophiles and people that are attracted to children, it's like, it's like being straight, it's like being gay, it's like it's, you're, you're genuinely attracted to them and it's not just like a, you know, a physical thing you want to do. Do you guys believe that those offences, if they were held up, are too brutal and too harsh or do you think they are fair? Not just with that specific situation, but with uh, with all future situations. Could be an ignorant view, but I got no tolerance for it. Yeah, yeah, I yep. I agree. Yep. What was the was the death penalty they were bringing back? Was that the the, the start of the? Uh, what was the penalty? 
What, they're, for this? They're, so they're, they're bringing back the death penalty? No, well, yeah, they, that or they'll be chemically castrated. So either one of the two. Chemically castrated? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I missed that part. So that's, that's just if you're convicted at all. Irrespective of the, if you're convicted, chemically of, castrating, it's probably the smarter thing to do, in my th- opinion. Yeah, I think it's better for the. Um, can yeah, you can convicted. you explain to me what chemically castrating like, is? Just melting their balls off with a vat of acid. <laughs> the only thing with that is people who get accused when they didn't actually do it. Yeah, and you see that, like you hear that on the news, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, there's but, no taking back. There's no giving yeah. back your dick and balls. Mm. It's but then you if they did do it, see you later. Yeah. Well. I, it's fucking tough. Oh, yeah, it's rough. It's tough. So. If the death penalty was ever to be applicable, then I think it would be applicable to child sex offenders. Um, it's yeah, it's. But the thing is, it's hard, isn't it? With with child sex offenders and and people like that, are, are they like you say? Are they born with apparently they a are. disposition that they're they're fucking going to do that? Yeah. Well, because okay. if that's the case, put, put then to that's you like this. Okay. Fucking unlucky for them. Yeah. And it's really sad in a way. I've got no time for fucking it that that either. Oh, nobody does. Yeah. But do you end someone's fucking existence for something that they were born that's without right. any say? In? So that's apparently there's this thing out there called the golden rule. And again, this could be this could be completely um, incorrect. I'm pretty sure it's correct though. Where the golden rule is, if you're a uh, someone who is attracted to, I don't even know the proper word for it. I'm assuming pedophile to them is probably a slightly offensive term, but um. I think what? you can say We're, we're worried about yeah. offending... <laughs> Sorry. You we're, can say Mac, that. I didn't want to be too harsh to you, man. <laughs> um, if you're... Uh, I've got to cancel my trip to Thailand. <laughs> oh, God. If you're, um, if you're born that way and uh, you've never, you've never um, been with a child, as, as disgusting as that sounds, that's, you're, you're living the way you should and that's the golden rule of something you should never do. But yeah, it's super sad if you just happen to be born that way. Mm. It's kind of like, I don't know. If you're attracted to a girl, obviously you don't just want to do the physical stuff all the time. You actually want to like have a relationship with them, and that's I'm assuming what they want as well, which is yeah. tough. So I don't know what the. It's a very interesting question. Did you also see in the news this week about um about the AIDS um, epidemic for in um, for prostitutes in Bali? Did you read that? It was no. floating around. It's floating around. There was an article in the West Australian about um, prostitutes in Bali, and they interviewed a prostitute who was like 28. And she'd had HIV for like five years and she got diagnosed um, with HIV because she was sleeping with all these, um, mainly Australians, but, but guys and they would come in drunk and they would t- go to a hotel and they would refuse to wear a condom. Anyway, they've done, they did studies over the last 12 months, the, you know, the sex um, administration of fucking, mm-hmm. you know, Healthy Sex Administration of Indonesia, whatever they, they call That's themselves. Harder. And then, yeah, and then um, <laughs> there was, it's like 60% of the prostitutes all through Bali um, are HIV positive really? and through Indonesia oh, yeah it was a really sad story because this girl had Same. this girl had um, started in the sex trade because she can make like so there was the equivalent of making like the equivalent 200 Australian dollars a week as a, a month as a cleaner and she had an extended family like six kids or something and three brothers that she has to look after like it's like she, she was mm. looking after like 10 people she's like 23 or 4 you know what it's like what it can be like over there and then yep so she decided to join the sex the sex industry and then she was making that in, you know, three or four days she'd make two hundred Australian dollars from sleeping with like six or seven Australian tourists a night. Basically all Aussies. Yeah. And um then she got she got diagnosed with HIV and the, in the interview they were like, Hey, so did you think about leaving the, the, the sex trade? Or the and, and she said, Well, I can't. 
uh, I'd set my life up with, you know, I had dependence, I had this lifestyle, I couldn't, I couldn't leave the industry. So, yeah, so she's, um, and, and she said like one in three guys over there will just straight out refuse to wear a condom. Oh, man. Isn't that fucked up? There There's was, definitely uh, a mentality from here that anything goes in Thailand, isn't there? Australians in Thailand are fucking disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. That's why, uh, Thailand and, and, uh, and Indonesia, sorry, but that's why like I, I don't, I don't like hanging around Australians overseas. Yeah. I I especially go. in Bali. Like, I, I wanted to go, all my mates went, but because um, I've got a, a massive anaphylactic reaction to nuts. I couldn't go because there's just nuts and everything over there. Really? Not just the food, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but like I just, yeah. So I missed out on all this. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't miss out on... But Bali and, uh, Bali and Thailand are great. It's just the it's the real vortex, like the middle of Kuta and, and like Phuket, you know, Phuket and Thailand. Mm. Have you been there? I uh, haven't been to Thailand, been to Bali. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? You like it? I quite liked it, but... Where'd you go? Uh, where was I? Seminyak. Yeah, Seminyak's all so right. So I was in a nice sort of area. Yeah, Seminyak's all right. If you go into Kuta, I've spent a fair bit of time in the middle of Kuta and, and Phuket. Had a great time in Phuket because it was me and a mate. We're having a ball, just like running market getting drunk, whatever. But it's fucking so gross over there. Mm. And most of the stuff that you put off by is like the Australians. Yep. Mm. All right. Uh, the science. Proof of time travel. Apple boss says iPhone in 350-year-old painting is evidence. Apple CEO Tim Cook thinks it may be possible after being convinced someone in a painting from the 1600s is holding the firm's product that has revolutionized how we communicate. He said, I always thought I knew, uh, I always thought I knew when the iPhone was invented, but now I'm not too sure anymore. So basically, this painting called Man Handing a Letter to a Woman in the Entrance Hall of a House, which was painted by Pierre de Hooch. Sorry, Peter, I think that's uh, how you say your name if you're listening, mate. In 1670. Uh, now, I had a look at it before, lads, and um, it's a fucking iPhone. It's genuine iPhone. It's got the Apple symbol. It's got Siri on there. It's not. But <laughs> it, it, it seriously looks like an iPhone. So my question is, uh, do you think at some point we will invent time travel? Mitch, what do you reckon? Uh, don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Open to all ideas, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, theoretically, it is possible. It just seems like something that's just straight out of a movie at the moment, though, doesn't it? Yeah. But, but so, I guess so did iPhones 20 At some ago. stage, shows everything, yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Maka? <laughs> is this no. something you're interested in? <laughs> I am. I am. We won't have time travel. You don't reckon? No. Why? It'd be sick though, wouldn't it? Oh, oh, not not this best. year. Where would you go to? <laughs> back uh, or forward? Oh, I'd go back. Yep. Yep. Just relive the, the glory days. That's it. I'd go back to the back to the seventies. I'd go to the seventies and just be a just check out the dinosaurs for sure. Just be a hippie. You know, times were good back then. Yeah, that's true. Times were good back then. Oh, they were good. (laughs) (laughs) I just came from there actually. (laughs) Um, Where'd you go, Bill? um, Where would I go? I'd definitely go back to dinosaurs. But, but you know, if you get eaten, you're dead about, like you, and you don't get to come back. Yeah, yeah that's what, cool. What about the butterfly effect? You had a good run. Yeah, well, maybe... Well, now you throw the fucking butterfly effect. <laughs> 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 you fucked it all, mate. Well, if you step on a fucking leaf, True. you're going to max a, a chick. Yeah, <laughs> a good-looking chick. <laughs> a good-looking chick. <laughs> and that could be really awkward. Um, Let's go to Thailand. I'd go to... <laughs> I'd go to dinosaurs, for sure. Check out the dinosaurs. Yep. And I would go to the pyramids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would fucking love to know how the fuck the pyramids oh, got built. Man, would you do the same thing? Oh, I'd be pretty cool. I'd want to go to the future, though. Yeah. Well, I, you can I, go I to the future. I can't believe you guys didn't say the future. You can. Time travel to the future is 
Been no, done. no, no. I, pretty, I said that relevant. before. Did you say being done? Yep. How do you mean? Because there's oh. a there's a Russian cosmonaut who holds the holds the um, world record for furthest time travel into the future, and yeah. he's travelled um, closer to the speed of light than we have. So yeah. relatively, he's travelled to the future. Well, he has travelled. Yeah, but that the future. sucks. No, no. We're talking about going <laughs> yeah, to fucking flying cars. I, I know what we're talking. <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's 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 possible. It's not possible. It's been done before. Mm. You know, because this Russian cosmonaut spent like fuck if I know what it is, but it was like two years orbiting. Um, orbiting Earth and going at a speed that was that great that you know when you travel the speed of light your time stays the same and the speed on Earth speeds up mm. you know Inception mm. uh, Inception you know Interstellar yeah well that's that was because of a black hole but that's th- that's <laughs> 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 what am I going here way to ruin a story <laughs> Bill and that's the good the bad and the science <laughs> you, you can imagine <laughs> shit just let Mitch go to the land of flying cars man. <laughs> yeah true um, anyway so, um, so what about, have you had a pretty injury-free run, Mitch? Or have you had any injuries that you've dealt with over this period? Or uh, I've had probably the best run I've ever had leading up to this regionals. Um, I'm f- Overall, I'm fairly injury-free. I've had a wrist injury come from a few years back. Broke it too many times growing up and then yep. just never healed properly. Then I re-broke it at a uh, comp and then uh, eventually got surgery on it. So I got surgery on it prior to the Open last year, 2015. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, after that, a few months of rehab, and uh, yeah, it's never been better. Okay, mm. cool. So, um, so where are we? Uh, <laughs> what part of your body was that? What did you say? Oh, my wrist. Oh, your wrist. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, cool. decent scar. Yeah. Jeez, that's huge. Harry <laughs> Potter for the wrist. <laughs> so, um, so I totally lost my fucking train of thought there. So, so what's, uh, what's the plan for the games? Where do you, what would you be happy with? What are you aiming for? Like, what do you, what do you realistically want to get out of it? Oh, mate, it's like everything, mate. It's going to be cool to have a um, crack. But, yeah, I'd be happy with the top 20. Okay. Finish, yeah. Okay. Um, How do you set your own standard? You know, you were talking earlier on in the episode about, oh, yeah, I knew I was going to be a, a chance to win this event. Yep. How do you, yeah, set your standard against people from around the world? Oh, pretty much I base it off um, just guys I train with and stuff like that. Uh, so, for that one, so that's easy enough. Like, I... I've got a rough idea of who will do well in certain events in Australia, mm. just from just being around the scene for a while. Um, I knew Swanee was always going to do quite well, though, and I thought um, Khan was going to be definitely up there um, for the first event. And then in training, I just I hit it um, the first time just to get through it, and then the second time, I knocked like four minutes off my time. And then I mm. did it for a third time, and I was feeling really confident with it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to movements like that, like which are which I'm quite confident with. Like I thought I can attack this and I'll, I won't have any misses or I shouldn't have any misses. And if I do, I can just move on and still can stay quite composed. Mm. Um, but as far as across the world, man, you don't know. You're it, just hoping for top 20. Pretty much. I, I'd just, I'd be happy with it, but I'd be happy with anything to be honest. Um, like obviously I don't want to go over there and just not be able to hold my own. Mm. Um, and you see people like it's always like, for example, guys putting up regional scores this weekend, which, um, so there's that thing um, floating around where it's ranking everyone so far of the regions and it'll, it'll continue with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not relevant in the sense that different judges, mm-hmm. you're not going head-to-head against these people. Mm-hmm. You put up your best score for what's around you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, and you always like, if you guys are in a faster heat, you always push that little bit faster yeah. and stuff. And it's just like, you're not going to blow out on one event, just will cost you the weekend. You got to, there's a bit of game plan that goes into each. And so, and uh, from like, obviously never experienced it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, going over to the states and stuff like that, just from there, it's who can 
withstand the whole week. Mm. Like it's mm. just going to be event after event and who mm. can um, recover the best in between events and still continue to perform. Yeah. And, and this is your second time over there last year in the teams for, for Schwartz's. How or what advice have you been given from an individual whose first time it had been? Oh, so D has been helping me out a fair bit. Yep. Uh, just telling me like what to put more um, emphasis into, how to stay relaxed, um, uh, so just that's, different things. That's Danae Brown. Danae Brown. So three-time three time games? Three-time games athlete? Three yeah, three-time qualifier, two-time yep. competitor. That's right. Because yep. um, she, she got pregnant um, during the regionals. Yeah, that's right. When she came first. She was pregnant before then, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know how some people go over there and they just get lost in, in the games and they come back with regrets or... Or the other side is that they went over there so focused and they forgot to have fun. Like, yeah. what's uh, what's a happy medium for you? Or what have you been told? Are you going to go over there? And I know you said give it your all, and you're going to be disappointed if you don't get top twenty finish. Or are you going over there for individual experience to go back next year? Or I'd like to go back next year, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just want to just give it a crack. Um, it's like anything, like, like going to the regionals, mate. Like you always want to go that little bit further. Um, like you always want to place that a little bit better, but I'm pretty happy. Like if I make a mistake in workout in a workout and I don't do as well, there's obviously a reason behind it, so I can work on it. Mm. Um, I'm never overly devastated by how I perform with things because I'm like, because um, there's always a reason why and there's always a way I can fix it. Um, look at the mark, like I did uh, local comp. I didn't place that well in one of the events, and it was just a mentality thing. I like uh, my head went before my body went, and I could have probably pushed a bit more. So I put a lot of work into that. And then, so when events like uh, similar to something like that come up, um, I can push that a little bit further. So I'm happy to sort of just keep progressing. Mm-hmm. And so going over there this year, I want to have a bit of fun over there as well. Like um, it's America, like I want to check it out. Mm. Um, but also I want to use it as a chance to train with some of the best. Mm. And hopefully that will allow me to progress a little bit further. It's interesting you said before um, how much just the doing the the two hour at most a day is, is helping you feel relaxed. Cause I remember, um, um, I was watching a doco of Graham Holmberg a couple of years back and he was saying how much volume he was doing in the lead up to the games, because there's just what after what, like you said, is that something that's going to change closer to the, to the games? Uh, pretty much like, so I was having a chat with Yami the other day. Um, and I'm just going to leave it in his hand. If he says, like, if he programs 15 sessions, I'll do the 15 sessions. Right. So I'm going to put full faith into him. He's proven by having so many phenomenal athletes. Um, like, you look at it, like, he coached Annie to two games victories. Mm. And he has, like, um, uh, like Goodmanson under him and a few other really good athletes. And so I'll pretty much put full faith in him. And, I'll like, I've been thinking about that. Like, I'm probably going to have to get used to doing a fair bit of volume. But I've also got experience from like my time in the defense force where you're just training all day sure and then my um and then just going from that into just continually just trying to do three wads a day and stuff like that like i think i feel i should call on it yeah and how did you get put onto yami what made you decide to switch from your your previous coaching program to yami so i was i met yami over then i actually quite liked his approach um, and then I was just because I was always going to train with uh, Kyle because um, mm. Kyle needed a training partner and we get along real well and so he wanted to follow um, the training plan, and then yeah, we just decided to jump onto it. And how does it how does it differ? I I've been told a few things that I'm really excited and, and interested in, but for anyone out out there that is not aware of it, how does it differ to your normal stock standard programming? Oh, it's just smart programming. Like we do a lot of interval based stuff. Like we do a lot of um, mass sessions um, based off. So for example. We'll work out, say, our 2K time and our or our six. We do a test for six minutes on the airline, 
and then we do intervals based off that. So it could be like 104% of your mass um, um, with a for 20 seconds and then 20 seconds at a 40% recovery pace. And then like we'll do 40 minutes of that. Yeah. Like it'll be a lot of interval-based stuff. So and heart rate training, heart rate threshold. Heaps of heart rate stuff, yeah. which is um, pretty cool. And so I sampled his program a couple of years ago. I thought yeah. it was really good. And, and what I liked about it is it was, I went out and bought a heart rate monitor and he talked about your heart rate variability and yeah. got onto a few apps of that Loves way. It. Yeah, and, and I think I'd never seen or heard that side to GPP training, you know, and I think in the last couple of years, it's obviously stepped up. Well, I hadn't either, and um, I always thought, like, um, going back into it, like, uh, when I first got across it, like, why would you use a heart rate monitor? You're just trying to max out every time, mm. and it's not even the case. Like, I, I, I don't, well, it's just smart programming. It's you to pace as well. Well, that's it, yeah. Mm. Like, and that's what I found with workouts and stuff like that. Um, staying composed, staying calm, not actually blowing out in that first minute and just sort of trying to ramp it up as you go. Yeah. Um, for, like, as far as an airline and stuff go, like, I spend a lot of time on it and I feel I've improved my rowing and it, um, just getting onto a bike. Just feel a lot more comfortable. Mm. Good. Mm. So, what's your um, what's your nutrition like? Oh, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. What would you say? Like... Uh, Obviously, paleo was the the rage very very early days in CrossFit. Then became the zone diet, and then it became, you know, flexible dieting. Or, or how do you explain the food intake? I've I've never tried zone. I've wanted to. Um, I gave paleo a crack for a day. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and how was that? Did you see a change? <laughs> I felt leaner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like um, for me, I eat pretty clean throughout the day. Yep. Um, so breakfast up, like I can't have too much crap in the morning. Um, cause I'll just feel sluggish for my sessions. Everything's about training, like but pretty much between morning and night, it's just about fueling for training. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'll have, I'll eat a lot of sweet potato, like eat a ridiculous amount and which is good cause same like down to telehealth, like they've got the cafe there. So they've got food already ready to go. Yep. Um, and that, that makes it a lot easier. Sweet potatoes, uh, paleo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I eat a lot of sweet potato, I eat a lot of um just like just meat, stuff like that. I try to eat clean, don't really eat that much processed stuff. Yep. And I've kept it that but then over night time I'll I'll treat myself occasionally. Like once a week I'll have pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Love sweet. it. Love pizza. Um ice cream, stuff like that occasionally as well. Um but I, I eat relatively clean I'll say. What's so, your pre and post workout look like? Yeah, so pre is pretty straightforward. So I'll have a breakfast, it's which usually just eggs, bacon, avocado mm. and two bananas. Um, that's my morning breakfast, and then pre-training um, is usually, yeah, probably another banana and coffee, mm-hmm. and then post-training, man, like I'll usually have a sweet potato bowl. Um, so I'll have a shake, which will have like dextrose in it, and then I'll have um, so just get a bit of carbs into me, and then I'll have some um, protein, and then about an hour later, I'll have um, yeah, sweet potato bowl, right, uh, which is like sweet potato with chicken tenders and just heaps of spinach, um, and then so how is this not paleo? Oh, because I have pizza later. <laughs> it's 99% paleo though. yeah oh, it's, it's relatively clean yeah yeah, yeah. And then, but like occasionally I'll have bread I'm not see I feel real sluggish in the morning if I have uh, um, bread mm. like I don't feel switched on like I feel a bit cloudy uh, but of a night time I don't really care because I'm just going to sleep it off yeah like I don't promote it for everyone but this is what's worked for me mm. yeah for sure so you don't weigh or measure anything you just try and eat as much good quality food as you can and you just eat I can always tell like um, if I'm feeling a bit like sort of I, I monitor my weight and that's yep. about it man like yep. um, I've never really had to I'm always pretty much around the same weight I'm always between 88 to 92 like I'm yep. for the last few years and so yeah I don't really weigh anything yeah so what about um, what about game day what about like say you're over at the games and you got six days in a row of three workouts a day or whatever it is how do you fuel yourself then because it's pretty hard to get nutrition in when you're that 
Only that I smoke. don't eat a comps, really. Like, um, well, you got seven days, mate. You're gonna have to get something. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll eat at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like, if we go back to say regionals, for example, like, um, I'll have breakfast in the morning. Yep. I'll have a decent breakfast. Um, and then uh, a couple hours later, like, that'll be at eight. I hate eating in the morning, man. Like, as soon as I wake up, it's coffee with cream. Yeah. Like, um, Ooh, heavy cream. Style. No, no, just just black coffee, yep. heavy cream. That's it. Yeah, right. And that's every morning on the diet. Love it, man. Um, and, and then, then how long after that will you eat? Like this morning, I didn't eat till about, I think it was 11. Yeah. Like I just don't feel like eating. Yeah, and then some I'm, people just like that. Yeah, I'm the total opposite. I have to start the day with food or I'm thinking where the fuck am I getting food from. Have you tried, but that's just me. Have you tried Bulletproof Coffee? Nah, I haven't. And I know that that's me and um, Jill looking at, <laughs> sounds pretty lame, <laughs> looking at um, dieting together. No, we're trying it. Uh, <laughs> Do I was you guys cuddle? I was looking cute. at doing the, um, <laughs> trying out the ketogenic diet, which I would have bulletproof coffee at the start of I've the day. I've done bulletproof coffee and it's, it, it was great for productivity during the day and, and I would get up and I'd have that and I'd coach the, the morning classes and it would, I would last until about maybe 10.30 yeah. and then I'd be, I'd be chilling at something. Yeah. I mean, li- li- reading the um, bulletproof diet, actually listened to it on Audible, but um, so, because I want to try and maybe start looking at doing, mm. yeah, ketogenic diet. But um, so yeah, that's what I would do in that case. But I've not been a big coffee drinker myself historically. I drink a bit of coffee now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just one of those people that just likes food in the morning. Some people like you, Mitch, just don't. Yeah, no, I just can't really eat. Um, I've tried. And then so if I have to, like a regionals weekend, like I was forcing myself to eat in the morning. I was just struggling. Like Tommy was just laughing at how slow I am. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Lingle. And then um, and then I'd have a, like a couple hours later, about 11 o'clock, I was having a sweet potato bowl. And then before the event, man, I was having a banana and a coffee and I was good to go. Yeah. Mm. In between events, I was having um, the dinosaur bars or whatever I could eat, really. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I always take a blender with me. Um, yeah. And I was just blending banana with protein. And that's yeah. me. And regionals was easy, man. Like in the sense, like it was just two events. Yeah. I had the fuel for the first one and then I had to just get my post workout for the next one. I was fine. Yeah. And do you add in, uh, I know you mentioned... Um Dextrose before, have you sampled with say like waxy maize and all that? Yeah, it's um, what's the product called? I used to always steal Coles. Um, <laughs> fuck, what is it? The it's like comes in a white container. It's waxy maize. Um, waxy maize starch. Yeah, but it, oh, it's a really good uh, Vitago. Okay. Yeah, yeah right. so I used to use Vitago. Uh, I used to steal Coles Vitago because shit's expensive. Um, <laughs> Does he know that you used to steal it? <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, nah. So, but that's that's perfect for around comps because uh, you get some really good carbs and it's all liquid. So you could go pretty much all day just on a couple of protein shakes as long as it had the waxy maize in it. Yeah, certainly post workout. Um, the states will be a little bit interesting though. Um, so I'm just gonna get someone to manage that for me. Does Yami ever look at your diet? Yeah, he'll, so he'll help me out. I'm sure he's really good with that kind of stuff. Uh, he's got Darren as well. Darren Ellis helps um, from CrossFit. Um, NZ. Thank you. Um, so he helps out. He was helping me out at regionals this year. And he is a nutrition guru. Awesome. And so he's hopefully he comes over. But if he doesn't, um, he will um, be able to give me a hand, I'm sure. Yeah. Great. Hey, Mitch, I want to know a bit about, um, just moving off the nutrition side, the uh, the social life to it all. Yeah, like, man. I know it sounds <laughs> like very balanced. And, you know, if, you, if you're if you a games athlete like you are, it's very hard to put in like a a true social life going out or, you know, whatever it may be to you. Do you, do you find true that? Bender. Yeah, true bender. <laughs> well, that's what I was essentially getting at. Yeah. Um, do you, do you find the best ways for you to tick off um, or switch off or, um, you know, like you said before, reading a book and playing a bit of Xbox, PlayStation, PlayStation here right. and there. <laughs> yep. Do you find, um, do you find that you're missing out sometimes if you want to call it that by going out and things or? Not really, man. I'm not that, I like, I don't really like going out to be yeah. honest. I'm not really that social. Like I, I like hanging out with my mates. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty clicky with like a few close mates. Um, occasionally I'll go to things, but I'm not one to sort of 
um, head out that much. Mm. So, like, for example, like, you know, Simo, mm. um, old housemate, um, it was real good. Like, he was saying, so we were just chilling on the weekend, just hang out, not really head out, and that was fun. But, um, yeah, also, I'll go you, to... when you're driven, you're, well, that's like, the thing. You've got a goal, isn't it? Nothing's well, going to stop you. No. All I think is, like, I want to be in bed by eight so I can get up and do this. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. my focus, like, that's all I think, like, I think about training a lot, obviously. And so my focus is around that. So I'm not that stressed about going out and partying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know which way to put it. Um, but yeah, partying I th- I essentially was what I was getting at. But um, yeah, like Mac, you said, if you're so driven and you really want something and you get so much fun from it, man. Um, I'm happy sacrificing you know, a few nights out for for the, this, mate. And like, yeah. and like, I said, like I went out a couple of weeks ago for a um, uh, mate's birthday and I, I had a couple of beers, but like um, I, was, I was pretty over it by 10 o'clock. Mm. And like we and those boys are just going so hard. I'm like, I know I'm done. Yeah, and exactly. Then, yep. And that's like what I'm I found when I was training. Obviously, you're at a better level than me. But oh, uh, questionable. But <laughs> well, what was your kind of joke? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know my first comp? It was uh, the Mega Bowl, Moravian Mega Bowl. Mitchy came third or fourth, and I came fourth or fifth. It was one under. Was well, one pretty under close. Him. So you, um, uh, first day I met Mitch. All right. Yeah. So I'm uh, one spot under a games <laughs> athlete. <laughs> Thank you very much. But uh, but I. Uh, Going back to your question, Tommy, uh, I was like, Mitch, you know, I would sacrifice everything. And mm. then I just had a good hard look at myself and thought, well, I'm average. Yeah. I better get some average. balance back in my life. Oh, but the thing a is, bit of skill, dear. Oh, if you're really, you. um, Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, if Mitch. you're really <laughs> enjoying the, the process, then you're not sacrificing anything, are you? I like it, mate. Exactly. Like, I love going a bit. Like, if I'm a bit by eight, I'm reading, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're an old man at heart, mate. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. It's good. Like, um... Yeah, well, that's it. I just genuinely enjoy it. Like, it's yeah. not a sacrifice, like you're saying. Is your Would you say your overall overall goal would be just to be able to continue training? And Like, when we interviewed Rob, um, the biggest thing he was talking about was um, enjoying trace, training and enjoying the process way more than actually getting to regionals, getting to games. Would you say you're on the same page there? Oh, mate, I love training. Yeah. Like, I, I have so much fun. Like, um, especially when, like, a few of my mates come down from different boxes and stuff like that. It's so good just having a um, pretty much just good banter, mate, having a chat mm. with your mates and just throwing down. Perfect. Like, I genuinely love training, yeah. It's good. Alrighty, well, you've got to get out of here and get to uh, get to work, Mitch, so we won't hold you up too much longer. Back but at it. Before we, um before we go, we've got nine from nine, so that'll be three questions from each of us. Mac normally starts us off. What's your morning ritual? My morning ritual? Yep. Um, coffee, toilet, train. It's pretty much it. Uh, If you had $1,000 left and you could spend it on anything, what would you spend it on? Do I have anything or is it something new that I need? At the moment, probably... Well, probably get a PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got one or? Uh, I'm borrowing my mates at the moment, so times are tough when you're trying to be an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> I sold it to... I had one, I sold it to... Um, Pay for rent. Yeah. But now, now I've got money to get on. Now you're a game's athlete. Living that high life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, last question. If you had one day left on this planet, what would you do? Oh. And family and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. so I can't say family? They can come with you anywhere you want to go. Oh, hmm. Anywhere I want to go. Well, that's a hard one. One day left. You have to go somewhere. You can just do something. I don't know what I'll do, mate. Go skydiving. That'd be cool. Skinny. There you go. Skydiving's yeah. good. Skydiving. Um, well, um, my questions are travel related. Are you a well-traveled man, Mitch? You've seen... Uh, I've been to a couple of places. Cool. So, first question is, what's your favorite destination on the planet? 
Barcelona. So, Barcelona. Yeah, actually Amsterdam then Barcelona. Right. Why yeah. so? Amsterdam was amazing, man. It was just just beautiful supply arm um, city. Yeah. And just just the whole vibe, the whole scene, everyone around there's really friendly. Barcelona was pretty similar as well. Yep. It's just a wonderful place. Like, I'd love to live there. Yeah, Barcelona is sick. Um, so what's your dream destination? That's my second question. Same vein. Probably go back there, yeah. Nah, it's got to be new. Got to be, be new. Somewhere. somewhere you haven't been that you've got that you've always thought, geez, I'd love to get out there. Whoa. I wouldn't mind going to New York. Yep. Actually, it's probably a little bit too hustle bustle for me, but I wouldn't mind checking it out. Oh, man, it's New York's sick is it unbelievable very you, you were in New York, you? i've been there twice you, you been in New York? yeah i, I didn't like it super didn't like it yeah, I've heard, I've heard, yeah like okay it too much right. i don't like it i mean yeah. i like you it. didn't like it either no i like it but <laughs> it's too fucking busy that's the thing yeah. I, don't, I don't like crowds i don't like um yeah. and all that kind of stuff but i just really want to see it yeah i, I loved it man. i was at um i went to the the museum of natural history oh <laughs> i went there with a mate of mine um it was one of the adventures it was on an adventure trip with um colin he was a champion this um scottish or irish guy forget which one but anyway he took me there Japanese. and he said um, he said um, that it finishes at 10 it closed at 10pm so we got there at like 4.15 or something I just got to the front of the line and I said to the lady oh so this closes at 10 just to make sure and she's like nah sorry sorry sir it closes at 5 so I was in there for 45 minutes and I was walking I was so angry because it was fucking awesome I could oh, have really? spent legit I could spend two days in the Natural History Museum and then because I got kicked out there at 5 I bought Physics of the Impossible that sciencey book that I was telling you guys about. Anyway, I took that book straight down to Central Park and just hung around. And I could spend easily two days exploring Central Park. Like, there's just... I really, really liked New York. Went to the Lion King on Broadway. Like, it was sick. There's so much shit to do. Like, it's amazing. Like, we did yeah. tons of Broadway and, you know, I spent like six hours at the Museum of Natural History and there's, there's so much stuff to do in New York, but it's so busy. It's just... Mm. You just can't... You don't... It's not like a relaxed vibe. No, you know, that's why it's, I like not, it's not for everyone. So Definitely not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. but you got to see it at some point. I reckon it'd be so cool, man. Mm. I might even so obviously head over a couple of weeks. I've got five days at the end where I can go somewhere, and we're sort of weighing up either going to um, New York or just somewhere around there. Yeah. So good call. See what happens. That'd be cool. Good call. Um, and the last one for me is if you're on a desert island, you've got three things to keep you sane. So they're not um, you're alive. You've got food and water. Um, you can't take people what do you got to keep you sane I was going to say food and water but there goes that <laughs> oh mate TV PlayStation power source <laughs> there you go it's spoken like a true Very gamer yeah. <laughs> hey uh, biggest role model growing up for oh, biggest role from my old man like yep. cliche but definitely my old man yeah like I um, learnt so much from him and have nothing but the utmost respect for him mm. It's amazing how many people start. I reckon every yeah. 90%. It's good. Oh, it's ridiculous, mate. Like, he'll do anything for anyone. And he's just, like, he, he always said to me, like, he goes, you're not always going to enjoy everything you do in life, but sometimes you just have to do it. And he goes, um, so just make the best out of it. And, yeah, he was just, he's just a champion. Mm, it's good advice. Um, what do you like to do in your downtime apart from playing PlayStation? That's good. <laughs> uh, like I was saying, like, I do occasionally like to, like, kick back with mates and stuff like that. Yep. I like to read a fair bit um, and just chill out. Just relax. Yep. Yeah, same as everyone, man. Like, just like to do things here. Yeah. yeah, cool. Gave, gave a golf a shot a few weeks ago. Fucking terrible at it. <laughs> so bad at it. Like, I didn't expect to be so bad at something. Yeah, that's why I don't <laughs> want to start golf. I really want to start playing, but I don't have enough time to get to a level where I'm as confident as my mates. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll just play with my mates and I know my mates are all, okay. love golf, yeah. <laughs> I just don't have the time in the day to... And I know I'd get obsessed with it because I really... I can't break. half-ass it, yeah. Nah, I want to wait till I've got a little bit more time in my life and then I can dedicate, you know, at least one day a week to go on for it or half a day a week to go and have a hit. 
Golf's uh, probably the one sport where CrossFit doesn't really help, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Helps with everything else. But oh, just, mate, uh, I just, uh, I was watching people do it. I'm like, I can do this. And then it's just terrible. Did you just, oh, what's uh, Did you just happy Gilmore? Uh, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> mate. I was just belting that thing. Yeah. And it was just wasn't going anywhere, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just Aries. <laughs> um, now, final question. Did you ever think three uh, people dead or alive to dinner? Who would they be and why? Uh, Muhammad Ali in his prime. Oh, good. Ooh, yeah, good one. one of my yep. favorites. Um, Arch Barker. Oh, yeah. Barker. Unbelievably funny. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith. Yeah, good. Why Will Smith? Oh, same reason. One of my favorite actors. Just, I think he'd just be a really interesting guy to talk to. Yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, definitely Muhammad Ali. He'd be amazing. That's a good trio. I think cool. someone else said Muhammad Ali. Yeah, someone said someone Muhammad said a, Ali. a couple of shows ago. No one said Arj Barker or Will Smith. No, that's good. Oh, you got to have someone funny at the table. Yeah, you, you definitely do. Yeah. Just bring Matt. <laughs> the funniest man alive. <laughs> um, Is that reputation justified? Yes. <laughs> um, alrighty. So, um, you got anything you want to plug, Mitch, before we wind it up? Oh uh, yeah, just a big thanks to my sponsors for the ongoing support. So, I've got the Brave Outfit, uh, Lurong Living, True Protein, Fit Aid. What are Lurong Living? Uh, deer antler. So, think like a just a really good anti-inflammatory. Right. Um, really good for joints and stuff like that. Gotcha. Good product. Similar to fish oil or better or you're going to say better? Uh, right? Much better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, um, it's, I found it just works for me. Like, I don't get sore joints. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And um, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram and, and you got any athlete pages or anything like that? I don't have an athlete page. I got told to make one by a sponsor the other day, so I'm still weighing it off. I don't know if I want one. Um, I don't know. Um, but... Um, Instagram is Mitch Cinnamon M-I-T-C-H-S-I-N-N-A-M-O-N and Facebook is the same if you want to add me I'll accept, yeah, I accept cool. everyone cool man well thanks uh, thanks for coming on the show beautiful thanks and for having me good. beautiful yeah. and uh, that's a wrap hey gang hope you enjoyed that one this is uh, take number 7 for me for some reason I can't do the outro today I'm, uh, it was a big day it was good went from Edith Vale to, uh, to South Melbourne to, uh, to the Philippines to Adelaide and now we're back in Melbourne um, guys, jump onto Audible. Just want to mention the sponsors quickly before I mention anything else. Audible.com forward slash ADVF radio. We will always be brought to you by Audible. Get a credit. Um, listen to some cool stuff. So much easier listening to a book rather than reading it, I feel anyway. So um, really get on there. They're doing great things down at Audible. Adventure Travel, guys. Philippines is coming up. Mount Everest is coming up. The US, I think, is officially sold out now, but just gives you a, an idea of, of what's going on at Adventure Fit. And um, finally, team, that's one thing. I, yes, that's one thing I wanted to mention as well. Um, get around Mitch Cinnamon, guys. He's, uh, he uh, mentioned before his plugs. He's, he's doing great things in the CrossFit industry as a coach and as an athlete. So let's support him uh, through to the games, and hopefully we'll speak to you very soon. Alrighty, bye for now.